Blog Talk Radio. Um, or at least not necessarily a brawl. I didn't think uh, 
the main event or even the co-feature, but especially the main event. I didn't think that'd be a brawl, but I did expect more action out of both. Um, I mean, even Johnny Rice winning, he didn't throw that many punches considering it kind of looked like he was holding back because he wasn't in tip-top shape. But we'll get into that. We'll definitely get into that. We do have um, a showbox card coming this Friday. Um and then on zone here in the States and Sky Sports over the U.K., Chris Eubank Jr. and Liam Smith, along with some interesting fights on the undercard. Joseph Parker against Jack Massey. I don't really know how interested that is, but Parker does need a, a nice win to keep going or whatever. Um, but, yeah, we got some interesting fights, so we'll, we'll definitely, um, you know, we'll definitely check that out. And then... We do have some fight news. Uh, you know, Oscar set a deadline saying he didn't get the contract. He tweeted that, I believe. And uh, people took it every which way. Oh, uh, you know, PBC, Al Heyman, Gervonta, uh, they don't want the fight. They haven't sent the contract. Some people took it like, well, Ryan Garcia has the contract, and he's not giving it to them. That means he doesn't want it. You know, it, it got it, – it went all over the place. So he set this deadline, per se, and, and, of course, the deadline went by. But then the next day, yesterday, Tuesday, you know, all of a sudden, it, it, it was fine, and they have a signed contract. So, And they used April 15th as the date as well in the post. Kind of weird. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, and then anyway. It is now official. NUA is moving up to 122. He said he wants three fights in 2023. I wonder when the last time he had three fights in a year. I guess I should check that out. But that's great news. You know, that's phenomenal news. What's his first fight? You know, it sounds like he may fight, what, in April and then fight in the summer and then close out the year. So whether it's in April or whether it's, you know, in the summer, Inouye and Fulton, Inouye and MJ. I know MJ has a fight, and I believe he has, if I remember correctly, he has a uh, a mandatory behind that one, too. So not totally sure about that, but um, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. But for sure he's got a fight anyway. So we'll see, you know, where that where that goes. Um, but, yeah, there is uh, there's other fight news, just, just current fight news out there, whether fights are being made or, or now we – presumably have a date for Haney and Loma. Some people are saying Madison Square Garden, NYC. Some people are saying, you know, over in the Middle East, whether it's Saudi or whatever. We don't know if it's going to be ESPN, ESPN pay-per-view, maybe it's ESPN Plus. You'd assume if it was going to be overseas, they wouldn't do it on pay-per-view, but you never know. That would be pretty strange, though, for Haney to sign this three-fight deal and I don't know if he had to sign an extension or not. I guess we'll find out later with that stuff. But um, for him to fight, if this holds up, hopefully it's in, in the States, in New York, in Madison Square Garden. But it would be pretty crazy for him to have those three fights all outside of the, the country. I mean, hey, he's still making good money and all that stuff. It just It's just strange, that's all. Um, Jake Paul and Tommy Fury? Sounds like they got a fight. That, that It's a done deal. I don't know. I think that actually is going to be in Saudi. There are some other, you know, fight news stuff that'll be more interested or more interesting, I should say, than that, too, Joe. We're not just going to talk about that fight. But anyway, 
If this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope Dope and, and download the show directly there. Listen to the browser. You can find the platform Rope Dope Radio under Apple Pod, uh, excuse me, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Spricker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, a whole host of other places as well. Uh, while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com, Phil Boxing and Eastside Boxing as well. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you're happy and you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called Direct TV Stream. The prices start as low as $69.99. They still have that three-month deal. That saves you $160. Uh, if you go to the Choice Package and above for HBO Max, Showtime, Stars, Epics, and Cinemax, and uh, if you do the same thing with the packages or above and buy the exclusive DirecTV streaming device, that saves you some money as well. DirecTV Stream. Okay, so, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was weird, man. It was weird. I mean, this, this fight was one on a jab, you know what I mean, basically. Um, 90 to 48, that was the land totals, Jogba and Shaw. Um, it's not like I didn't give Shaw any rounds or anything. Like, all three judges had it, 96-94. It just was such a slow, slow, slow fight, you know? I mean, the first two rounds, not a whole lot happening. I mean, you can say that throughout the fight. Um, jabs mostly uh, by a Jogba. One or two nice left hooks by Shaw, but he just didn't move his hands enough. I did think he won a, He did enough with those left hooks and even his jab uh, in the third round to win it. Um, actually, it wasn't left hooks. In the third round, I think it was jab in, in a right hand, a couple of right hands. Then I gave a Jogba, you know, the, the fourth round. Um, and through four rounds, I think the jab, he already had a 29 to 20 uh, advantage that, like I said, he stretched to, to 90 to 48. And, you know, that was about it. I mean, the fifth round was really close, very slow, both of them kind of missing. Um, you could see Shaw maybe having the better defense of the two, but he wasn't, you know, wasn't really landing much. So do you give the fifth to Shaw? Maybe, you know, I don't know. Um, actually, I'm reading the wrong part of my scorecard. <laughs> That's funny. Um, actually, I gave the fourth. Did I say I gave the fourth to Shaw? I meant the fourth to Ajagba. In the fifth was close, but the sixth round I definitely gave. You started to see a, four right hands during the exchange, especially that I thought that Ajagba got the better of them. Um, but you could, I don't know. It seemed like Shaw was throwing a little bit more. In that seventh round, that's the one I thought was the fifth round, I think. I I don't remember. (laughs) It's so slow. Um, But, yeah, the eighth round, you know, the seventh round, maybe you give to Shaw. Um, The eighth round, 16 to 8 lands. That's, like, the most exciting round, probably. Um, I don't know. The fight sucked, dude. Shaw probably won the ninth as well. Um, You know. Moments of success, mid and late, probably did it, but it did. The fight sucked. I mean, and here's the thing: Shaw had this opportunity. Both of them had an opportunity, but a main event, 
And it just, it's, it's like he's going to kick himself when he watches his tape. And I'm not saying, oh, if he just threw his hands more, he'd win the fight. I'm not saying that because maybe it would open him up more, you know. But, dude, it just, that fight sucked, man. That fight sucked. Um, there's just no way around it. 96-94, all free for a Jogba. I'm fine with that. I did, like I said, give Shaw rounds. Some people were like, I can't even give him a round. I mean, it's not like a Jogba was doing a ton either, but yeah, just <clears throat> more on Shaw though. You know, it's just it kind of makes him look funny, makes him look silly, kind of makes him look dumb when you see the cameras on him and he's in the spotlight. And I mean, like before the fights, and we always see people either being really serious or warming up in the locker room, or just having some fun. And he was dancing, having some fun. Um, on his way out, he gave a kiss to his wife, but he was making sure to dap almost everybody he walked in. It just felt like he was taking it all in, but it was like, man, you I don't know. You just, I don't know. Some of the things that he said leading up to it, and then for that to be the performance, and listen, I'm not worried about people dancing or having fun or anything like that. I mean, beyond, I've said this before, beyond the Minnesota Gophers football program, my, my second favorite is my, the Miami Hurricanes, okay? So I'm not, this whole, oh, I don't like hot dogging and get off my lawn, it, it has nothing to do with that. It's just, if you're going to have some fun and you're going to talk some shit, I'm not saying he was talking a bunch of shit, but it just seemed like he was really feeling himself in the ESPN spotlight, and then he barely threw punches. And he still went around, and he barely threw enough punches. And, I, you know, I still think he could probably win this fight, but I don't want to do that to Jogba either because he did win the fight. And like I said, he won the, the fight with a jab, and that's how he won it. So there's not a whole lot to take from this. A Jogba moves on, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, where they move him from here. Um because they do have, you know, some heavyweights, Jared Anderson at some point here uh, in the coming future, maybe not next, but I would like to see that. I don't know, man. It just, it was just kind of weak, dude. I mean, that that's being nice about it. It, it was weak, dude. It was, it was weak. Um, <clears throat> but the uh, Bianello and Rice fight, the Guido and Johnny, um, you know, I mean, the first round, maybe one decent shot by uh, Guido that that landed. Um, I gave Guido the second round as well. The third round, the third and fourth round, his jab, a few left hooks, a right hand. Rice just wasn't throwing, you know, and I understand that he took this on, what, three weeks or something like that. Uh, he didn't weigh as much as he, he did in the second fight with Cafe, uh, but he didn't look like he was in great shape. Um, through four rounds, it was uh, 45 to 21, right, Guido, 82 punches thrown. So you do the math. You're throwing like around 20 punches a round. It just, it's just not enough, you know. But I will say this. By the time, you know, the fifth and the sixth, and, you know, as this fight went on, he did start to land his jab and right hand more. And there was a late right hand, I believe, in the fifth round during the exchange that I was like, oh, okay, Rice, here we go. Maybe he's just thinking, dude, this thing's a 10-rounder. I'm going to make it through. 
You know what I mean? I'm gonna I'm gonna just second half it and go and go for it. And and so you did kind of see him go for it, you know, more. A big right hand midway through the sixth round, and that's where I believe that left eye cut, like the eyelid. It was kind of a nasty cut. They they did start to tie up more in that part, uh, in that sixth right around the sixth fifth, sixth round. Um and then the seventh round the ref said, you know, he stopped the fight, score the round. But they said it was a clash ahead. Uh, was it Benji? Ben- yeah, I think it's Benji. And it's like, wait a second, what? What do you mean, dude? You, you can see the punch land, and then you can see the blood trickle to the guy's uh, shoulder or whatever. So it was like, what do you mean? So there was some kind of like, we're going to the scorecards, which, you know, I actually – Ended up not seeing the scorecards, now that I think about it, but I believe Guido was ahead. Um, but then the commissioner said, hey, listen, I saw something else. I saw a punch, and then I saw blood. So if you want to check out this replay, you can, but I think you're wrong, basically. So they checked out the replay, and like I said, they don't have replay. They kept saying that. But it's not like, you know, in other parts of this country, the native land, it's their law. So... They can say, nah, dude, we're going to get this right, and they did. And that was uh, – so Johnny Rice got the victory, credit to him. Um, I didn't think much of Guido coming in. I did think Rice could win, but I wanted to see what kind of shape he was in. Um, And that's basically what it will come down to with Johnny Rice because, you know, when he's in good shape, I mean, he can throw combination punches. He's He's a big dude. Uh, you know, he's a good, good fighter. He's a very good fighter. Uh, I'm not saying he's top five, you know, but, or maybe he wouldn't even be top five ever, but in the, in the heavyweight, but he's a game fighter. And even when he came in out of shape, like 282 or whatever, 283 it was for the rematch, because maybe he just thought, out oh, this could be easier or whatever. Um, and I know that, you know, I know that he had a full-time job. Then he said he, what they say he gave, got $100,000 in the rematch or something, and then the, the opportunities kind of went away or whatever. So um, he got his opportunity, he took advantage of it. It didn't seem like he was early, but like I said, on late notice, maybe it was smart to kind of start that way. You know what I mean? Just kind of start that way and, and go from there. So he got the win, you know, like I said, heavyweight, this division they got, guys to face off. I mean, a Jogway and Rice would be a good fight, I think. Um but, yeah, Rice, it'll come down to if he, you know, conditioning. Because if he can throw punches, fighter. He can really put his punches together, you know, to an extent anyway. I, I think he's good. But I can't sit there and give him a ton of credit for this win, but he landed a big enough shot to cut the guy. Uh, it did seem like he was coming on in the second half. Now, would he have had the steam to be able to go all the way to the 10th round and keep winning like that? I don't know. Maybe. He didn't seem tired, you know. That was the thing about Shaw, too. He wasn't even breathing heavy. And you're like, dude, come on, man. Like, go. Like, you know, throw some punches. You know, I'm not throwing, I'm not saying throw punches and just to get caught with punches and, and be stupid about it or, or go for a home run every time. It's just, I don't know, man. So the top two fights, although on paper were, you know, even, um, it, it, it they suck. I mean, yeah, the main event was competitive on the scorecards. I do have to say that, but yeah, 
it is what it is. But the, the fight that was really interesting was Abraham Nova and uh, Adam Lopez. I, I really liked that fight. The first round, um, close round, could have went either way. Nova later in the round landed a, a couple of solid punches early. Lopez landed something. I'm not really sure who won that round. I'd have to go watch it again. The second round, um, I thought some nice body work by Nova early. But then Lopez was landing kind of that in-and-out stuff. He'd land like a a nice punch, whether it's like an uppercut or just kind of landing in-and-out. I thought he won the round. Then Nova kind of went on a a nice little run. The the third round, good back and forth, though. That could have went either way. Lopez... In the first part of the round, especially, he landed the better shots, and maybe overall he landed it, but the jab right hand, I don't know, maybe late in that round, Nova maybe sold that round. I don't know. It could have went either way. One in in three are pretty open, but like I said, I thought Nova went on a nice little run after that. He definitely won the fourth, fifth, and sixth, Um, and, you know, there, there was time, like, like in the fourth round, Lopez did flurry, but it was a little too late. The head and body shots, just the you know, just good combinations coming out of Nova. And um, during exchange midway, the fifth round, um, there was uh, I think it was a left hand. And then midway they had exchanges, like I said. Then I think it was like a left hand, right hook, left hook, and that dropped him scored a knockdown, Um, and then Lopez smartly moved a lot after that. Now, the sixth round, there was another 10-8 round, and Nova did come out kind of on fire right away. Um, Lopez, the last minute or so, was landing his jab to the head in the body, doing some pretty good stuff, but the hooks, uppercuts um, by Nova. There was a knockdown. It seemed like he got him with some good shots, but then the other shots that he didn't, I don't know. The, he didn't really land that well. It kind of looked like more of like a a push down than anything for that second knockdown. Like I said, he threw punches, two or three of them at the end there before the knockdown, but it just didn't seem to land all that much. It seemed like there was just a balance thing, and Lopez kind of put his head down, but then Nova like pushed him. So I thought that was kind of weak. Um, I did think that Lopez bounced back, though, in the seventh and eighth. I gave him both those rounds. Uh, The start of the seventh was pretty slow, but he was kind of on a stick-and-move type thing, got to the body more, nice uh, hooks in, uh, nice right hands as well in the eighth round. Really good action. The last, like, 35, 40 seconds of the eighth round was a whole lot of fun. This was a, I mean, even the ninth round I gave to Nova, but it was a competitive, competitive round. I think in the last minute, an uppercut and a hook, big right hand as well. I think Nova finished uh, that round a little stronger. But then I gave Lopez the last one. Both of them kind of had a slow start. Um, a minute left, several big shots for Nova, but I thought maybe mid to late, uh, you know, the combos to the head and body. Lopez really started letting his hands go. Um, I didn't actually see the punch stats, but they did give it to um, Nova. 9890 9791 and 9890 and I I didn't I wasn't too thrilled about all those cards. Now 97-93 that makes sense because obviously you have the two knockdowns even though one of them was probably bullshit but I'm I'm looking at my scorecard and I gave him at least four I gave him four rounds. 
So the knockdowns are what one. I thought six four would be. You know, I could see five five honestly, six four five four one. Uh, but I wouldn't. I can't see six rounds for Lopez. I probably could only see that for Nova. You know. But I, I didn't think it was eight two, uh, like the other scorecards had it. But Nova, I, I was okay with Nova winning, but I just didn't think that they were that wide. Personally, I thought Lopez kind of got a little screwed on the actual cards, how they were scored. Um, like I said, that ninety six ninety four kind of ring, you know, uh, rang true for me. So um, anyway, we do have one more fight. And actually, you know what? <laughs> you know how life gets in the way. I uh, just got a message. So I'm Jake's actually not going to come on here. I actually, um, I actually have to make this. Uh, I'm not going to be able to fit him in, basically, unfortunately. Um, so sometimes, you know, the old life gets in the way, right? I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing that, though, because you're like, yeah, dude, we know. Um, but then we have the the. That was probably well. That was the best fight on that card, obviously, and one of the best fights of the weekend. But the Jessica Neri Plata and Kim Clavel, that was a fun fight. Now I thought Neri Plata, I thought she won pretty cleanly, um, but it was a, a really good fight. And, and you know, we could talk about you know women's boxing is much easier to get unifications and the undisputeds and all that. It's easier to put the fights together. Um, and we know there is way less depth in women's boxing and whatnot. So sometimes, like I said, that the fights are just easier to be made. Um, and, you know, it does have a It's growing. Um, it's had a hell of a run lately. But something I've said more than in recent years, the last few specifically the last two, two and a half, whatever, um, we're now getting some pretty high-level fights. Like, not just, well, it's undisputed. Well, sometimes you could be a, you know, a big fight with belts on the line and someone just one side somebody. You know, it's, I'm not saying all that. I'm saying, like, the skill level of some of these fights now, that doubleheader, both those fights uh, back in September, well, actually October got moved to. Of course, Serrano and Taylor. Like, this Neri Plata and Clavel fight, you know, Clavel's the come-forward fighter, you know, in the beginning of the fight, wasn't having a ton of success, but was still coming. But she made these little adjustments, whether it was defensively, whether it was taking a step back, whether it was a little upper body movement, whether it was using her jab more. You're just seeing more and more of these higher-level more skilled fights between women. Sometimes, you know, years ago, it would be just these two females are just going at it, right? And that's what, hey, man, these are this is awesome. They're going for it, you know? And most fight fans like that stuff. But I just wanted to say we're really starting to see more and more higher-level skill when it comes to this. And I thought that was, you know, I thought that's exactly what happened. I thought um, Neri Plata won probably three out of the first four cleanly. The first one was, you know, it was a really pretty slow at the start, but it picked up a little bit in the second part. Uh, both fighters were going to the body pretty well throughout the fight. Um, I just think the one-twos, you know, that right hand behind that jab, and the little step back, 
there was plenty of give and take in the second and third round too, but I just thought Neri Plata, Jessica Neri Plata was just out skilling her at the time. Um, and, you know, like I said, Clavel, she'd have these moments, you know, where, where she would do well, you know, she, she would, uh, have little rapid fire combos and stuff like that and, and shoe shine stuff. But overall, you know, the rapid fire hooks and straight right hands along with that jab, I thought, uh, you know, Neri Plata was, was doing that pretty well. So I gave her, like I said, three out of the four. The fourth round had some great action in it, though. Uh, Clavel going to the body really well. Um, I thought she did really well to the body, and she was kind of missing somewhat anyway. Um, and I'm talking about Clavel. Um to the head, and then she did make that adjustment where she did. She had more success later uh, to the head, and I gave her the fifth round claw bell. Uh, it seemed like she was a little bit more strategic. She was, like I said, landing those better, cleaner head shots and finally moving a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, I thought she won that round. Maybe you could give her another round or two tops, maybe the first round. I don't know. But to me, Nova, the combination punching at the – she just had distance control basically the whole time, timing her with the jab, scoring points. And, you know, throughout these rounds, though, there was these, you know, 30-second minute uh, moments where there's just two-way action. So it was really fun to, to watch that way. The ninth, that was another competitive round. That could have been another round you give to uh, Clavel. Um, I thought middle and late, she, she, she may have stole that round, but it was a really competitive round. Um, so yeah, um, mostly to the body, I think of that ninth round, if I remember correctly. Um, and then to me, Neri Plata stole the re- the 10th round late. Um, so 97, 93, two scorecards, 96, 94. I thought those scorecards were just fine. Um, and yeah, like I said, this was a, it was an interesting fight. Very interesting. And we're, like I said, we're just starting to see more and more of this. We're just, it, it's kind of it's awesome, you know? Because like I said, it's, it's much easier to put, you know, less difficult, maybe I should say, to put, um, you know, belts together to fight and, and undisputed and unifications and all that. Because like I said, sometimes there's only 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 pros, you know, in a certain division. So like I said, the depth still has plenty you know, of room to grow, but, you know, as time goes by, man, the, the skill level, and it's not just one-sided skill level, you start to see a fight with both of them are really skilled, and uh, that's a great sign. That is a great sign for, for boxing in general, but especially uh, women's boxing. So that was uh, that was a good fight. I'd say the Nova Lopez was probably the best fight, but then again, maybe not. Maybe that was. I mean, the scorecards I thought were tighter on that one. But, yeah, that female fight may have been the best fight of the weekend. Let, let's call it that. How about that? Let's call it that. And then, you know, you did have Brian uh, Norman Jr. and Bruce Carrington and, and uh, Brady Jr. And, and stuff like that. They, they won as well. But I did, like I said, I did really like that we were able to, uh, you know, get – um, get the right, like how it should have been. You know what I mean? Like get the right win that 
because if it, it would have sucked if that would have that uh, co-feature in the ESPN with the cut, if that wouldn't have been called right, that would have been some bullshit. So I'm glad. I'm really glad that they, sometimes they don't always get that right. And then we did have that disown thing, the uh, the uh, KSI and Salt Papa is that Poppy? Salt Poppy? He knocked somebody out with the left hand. KSI went through him really quick. Whatever. It is what it is. Um, I only saw I saw someone I saw some highlights on Twitter. And then I watched like a maybe a five minute, six minute highlight reel where I was got to be honest, I was fast forwarding some of it uh, on just the Zone channel, um, on the YouTube channel. So that happened too. I did see some highlights. Like I said, the, the salt poppy. He had a nice left hand. I'll give him that. That's for sure. Um, now you know we do have that show box coming up um, this weekend. Uh, that's on Friday. You know, it's it's always worth it to at least just kind of give Showbox a, a try. Like, oh, let, let's see if it's any good. You know what I mean? Let, let's take a gander type thing. Uh, there are some interesting fights, but I'd say the biggest fight, obviously, the biggest fights, Chris Eubank Jr. and Liam Smith. Um, we do have some – Joseph Parker is fighting uh, Jack Massey. Shouldn't have too much of a problem. Um Richard uh, Reakpor, I think Reakpor, I think that's how you say his name. He's fighting uh, Christoph Globoski. That's going to be interesting because this um, this React, I think it's Reakpor. Reakpor, he's fifteen and zero. He's had a weird career because he started in two thousand sixteen. Um, you know, beat especially in the UK, guys that you know. Um, Tommy McCarthy, Chris B- Billion Smith, 2019, talking about uh, a Jack Massey. He beat him in 2019 too. And then you know, from 2000, the end of 2019 all the way till October 2021, there was a large, large gap here. So um, now he's kind of you know he beat some unbeaten guy that I hadn't seen him fight actually. Now that I'm looking at his name. Dion Juma. I remember seeing highlights, but I don't think I actually saw that full fight. But now he's going against Globoski. Anyway, to already have, like, Chris Billion-Smith, he's a cruiserweight, by the way. Um, I don't know. This guy, from what I've seen, I've seen a couple fights of his, but they were a while ago. I haven't seen his, quote-unquote, new fights, right? Um, You know, I thought he had a pretty good jab. A nice right hand. He definitely likes to Throw it. Sometimes you can, you know, get lost in that. It's weird because he has, like, there's moments like when he's in the middle of the ring, or even when he's coming at somebody, like patiently, somewhat not aggressive, come forward, but like, you know, inching forward him, trying to find his distance. I, I notice he has pretty good defense there, but uh, I remember like when you get him on the rope. Sometimes he, he's got some leaky defense. So we'll see if Globoski can bring that out of him. But, um, yeah, 15-0 and prospect. Like I said, at cruiserweight, I wouldn't call him a prospect, to be honest with you. Now that I think about it, he did have the – I think it was a split decision, correct? Um, I think it was a split decision against Chris uh, Billion-Smith. Um, I think it was. It says Billion-Smith counted in the seventh round. Does that mean he got knocked down? I, I thought that was earlier in the fight, but it, it was a while ago, 2019. 
But um, so yeah, I definitely. I mean, I'm pretty sure the transnational rankings in the ring. I think they have them like eighth and tenth or something like that, or eighth and ninth. They have them in the uh, you know they have them in the rankings. So yeah, I'd say he's pretty much. Well, he's definitely a contender because he already, like I said, beat uh, Chris Billion Smith. But it'll be interesting to see him um, and what he does. You know this. Uh, for this fight. I think that's kind of interesting. There's also a, uh, I'd say the closest match, well, that'd probably have to be the Congo, right? The Chris Congo and, um, is it Ikao Isamun? Esmun? Esumun? That's a really close fight. In fact, Congo, it's pretty much 50-50. You see him like plus 100. You also see him as a minus 130. I see the highest is like plus 108, so that's a 50-50 right there. That's a competitive fight. Now, as far as the main event goes, Eubank Jr. and Liam Smith, he's a he's a clean favorite. Uh, you can get Liam Smith all the way to plus 260. I see a lot of 220 and 240. Uh, so if you like Liam Smith, you know, I think it's a good fight. You know? It's okay. You know? It's not bad. It's a good fight. I think uh, Eubank Jr. should be able to. I, I don't know. I don't think he'll. Well, who? I mean, let me see. I don't think. I, I'm not sure if he'll be able to stop him, like straight up. Maybe it'd be a cut or something like that. But I'm not sure because it was just, just Canelo, right? Canelo's the only guy that knocked him out. I think that was like the ninth round, something like that. Mungia pretty much handled him. He was able to knock him down too, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, I mean. You know, I think he beat Anthony Fowler. and Didn't he have that fight, this is 2020, with Jesse Vargas? I know he beat Sam Eggington a while back. He had those two back-to-back fights with Liam uh, Williams. Um, so I think it'll be entertaining. I just Eubank will land the more telling shots. But as far as, like, entertainment on the way getting there, I do like this fight for that factor, you know. So, so I like Eubank Jr. I think it'll be, I don't know, maybe he will knock him down uh, maybe once or twice. But I kind of feel like Liam Smith's going to make it the distance. Is it a 10-rounder or a 12-rounder? I don't know. That's not saying a box. Oh, it's a 12-rounder. Okay, so, so maybe, uh, maybe Eubank Jr. can stop him. But I'm going to go... And this is at 160, right? And I guess he was at 160 not long ago, but we didn't get to see him fight at it, per se, right? Um, I'm going to say the distance. I'm going to say unanimous decision with a knockdown or two for uh, Chris Eubank Jr. So that's what we're going with. That's what we're going with there. Um, I saw this. Someone sent me this fight news. Pacquiao Mundine update. So they're talking about, oh, it's an exhibition. Okay. Anthony Mundine proposed exhibition between boxing legend Manny Pacquiao and former world champion Anthony Mundine. Tentatively scheduled for June. So there you go. There you have it. So, yeah, back to that, you know, as far as fight news goes, um, you know, that NUA stuff is really interesting. Um, 
I love it. I mean, if NUA could, you know, somehow, I mean, just fighting three times. Oh, yeah, I should look that up. When's the last time NUA fought um, three fights in a, in, a, in a year? I think it's been a little bit. Has it? Hasn't it? Let me check. Maybe I'm tripping. Yeah, I mean, it's been since 2017. He fought three times in 2016, three times in 2017. Otherwise, he only fought once in 2020. Yeah, so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, shit, 122 is deep, as we know. I mean, it's a good-ass division. So I'm really looking forward to NUA, um, you know, doing this. I think it's I think it's phenomenal. You know, anytime you get a high-level guy, one of the best, if not the very best, um, I think it's I think it's great. I think it's great. There is some uh, fight news here. Luis Alberto Lopez versus Michael Conley is being negotiated. Sign me up for that fight, dude. Also, um, it does kind of seem like what is it? The May twentieth is is the date Devin Haney and Vasily Lomachenko. I've heard it both ways as far as it's going to be Madison Square Garden. That's what uh, Chava said. May 20th, Madison, you know, Chava from ESPN. It's being planned for May 20th at the Garden. That'd be sweet. Um, But Devin Haney said not MSG. Stay tuned. So then we hear other reports that, well, actually, you know, it's it's not going to be in Madison Square Garden. It's going to be, you know, overseas so i don't really quite know you know exactly where it's going to be but it does sound like they're attempting to have the middle east uh you know host it so it is what it is it's still a good fight i'm not going to sit there and uh you know freak out and stuff like that you know um i think you know i would rather it be here but you know money's money you know what i mean money is money so you know, it is what it is. And then I mentioned this, Jake Paul, Tommy Fury. This is boxing scene, actually. Uh, February 25th in Saudi Arabia. That'll be on BT Sport. So that's something to, uh, you know, to think about anyway. Um, but, yeah, man, anyway, dude, that would be great. And, by the way, Boog Williams, you know, he just coming out. The WBO just came out with some numbers here. Um, their new rankings. But anyway, number one on the WBO, Aleem is number two. TJ Donahue is at 11. Mike Plana and Derek Cunningham are out. So he's number one right off the bat. Demetrius Andre is the new number one. Is that the WBO then? What is that for? There might be that, that Barakam dude. I think it's, Barack, um, the guy who's been taking step-aside money for uh, Charlo, being the Mando, They're, him and Tony Harrison swap position three and four. So he's saying maybe there'll be interim title here, which that kind of makes sense. Frank Martin enters at eight. Michelle Riviera is gone out of the rankings anyway. Not trying to say he's gone, but yeah, number one anyway. So... And 
man, that would be a great fight. I'm not saying it's next, you know, but we know he's not fighting Figueroa anymore. So, you know, to me, that's a pretty good sign that maybe they're negotiating. Maybe they're going to work out something where they both have fights and then fight each other in the summer, like I mentioned. I don't know. It's going to be pretty interesting, though. It's going to be pretty interesting. Um, so, yeah, I got a text here. So the WB, that was the WBO, right? Okay, so they moved him to one. So Aleem went from one to two. Okay, so Fulton WBO. So that is, I mean, they made him number one. So let's get it. God, that would be a great fight, man. But I'm not going to get my hopes up for it being next. I I just don't know. But anyway, back to the contract stuff. Um, Oscar put out the tweet. Uh, I have no contract deadline for me is Monday or I'm moving on hashtag Davis Garcia. Right. And like I said, a lot of people went a lot of which ways with that. Um, you know, people went the, Oh, PBC, they don't want the fight. They haven't even sent the contract. What the hell's going on? Espinosa and Al Heyman and all that. And Gervonta might be ducking. This fight's not going to happen. Or the flip side, was Oscar was actually talking to Garcia and saying, hey, dude, give me the contract, you know. Now, Espinosa came out and said, everybody calm down a little bit type stuff, talking about how contracts, sometimes they can be signed closer to the week. Then you did have Coppinger and many others say, well, not when it's a big fight. And, well, that's not true because the biggest fight may win Pacquiao as far as pay-per-view. You know, that got signed really late. So, but either way. Um, just by Oscar tweeting something, it's worth going, huh, I wonder what's up. I wonder if that deadline means something, because obviously, you know, he did the next day or day after, yeah, the next day, they did sign the contract. They they have the picture of him, you know, both of him, you know, saying, finally received contract, time to put finishing touches. We have a fight April 15th, let's go. So that, that that's that's what it is. Um, so April 15th, people started going, well, hold on, dude, April 15th. So they're going to have two pay-per-views in April? Does that mean, you know, we assume this is going to be on Showtime. So does that mean maybe Thurman and the Spence Thurman fight, is that going to be on Fox now? Do we get lucky and get one of these random uh you know, Fox or CBS slots, you know, <laughs> that'd be great, right? Imagine if, like, Benavides and, uh, and Plant was on CBS, right? Because CBS actually is, um, they have that, remember I told you a couple times now that they have that, I think it's, is it February 4th? They have that one coming up um, on CBS. It's not boxing, but... They, they have something on CBS, so I don't know. I'm not sure if that would, you know, of course, mean anything. But kind of interesting, kind of interesting. Um, to Oh, someone just sent me this, too. So it sounds like Red Catch is out. I don't know if it was his manager. I'm not really sure. Um, but Hank Lundy steps in now. Ticket announcement coming soon. Hank Lundy, Adrian Broner. So, yeah. I 
Um, and by the way, Fight Hub TV uh, did have a good interview with Espinoza. Um, the guy who runs Fight Hub, and, and this isn't just singling him out, because some of these people that do these video and podcasts and all these part-time media members, and full-time, he's full-time uh, media member. You know, a lot of times, like when he's talking to Oscar, like in the recent past, about this fight or about whatever. It just seems like he's kind of making sure he's pro-Oscar and pro or, or, or kind of anti-PBC when he talks about it because he'll say, I want to ask you a question. I think I already know the answer. This is what I think. But anyway, you know, it was kind of like, well, why don't you just ask the question, do follow-ups. So I've given him some grief, but he's not the only guy that I've given grief to in the media, right? Um, just some of the things that that dude will tweet where you're like, really, dude? <laughs> Whatever, man. Uh, but he did a good job of walking Espinoza. Not, I mean, Espinoza walked him through the Spence Crawford stuff and also that the contract stuff. Um, and I thought he did a good job of following up. I just wish he'd follow up. It's funny because it just seems like the follow-up quality questions don't aren't there when he's talking to somebody else. You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to just – I think he did a good job with this. I just wish guys like him – and like I said, all full-time and part-time medium, not all of them, but a lot of them, it just – just follow up questions. Be non biased. You don't have to go, Oh, I heard this person's ducking some shit or, or you know, it's, 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 I don't I don't know. It, you just don't have to do all that, you know. I would just yeah, I don't know. But yeah, there there was a lot of people that were saying, Okay, this fight's done, you know. And some people um someone just sent me this tweet from Chain Smoke and this is his questions about anyway, so so are we expecting any way to come fight on PBC? Is Fulton going to fight in Japan? Uh, what's in it for top rank? Who's going to make the concessions to make the fight? Is there enough money? All that stuff. You know what I mean? And my guess is, and this is just a guess, but and actually War of the Week Radio responded to him. I see it down there. It said the only way this fight gets made is if Heyman allows Fulton to compete in Japan. That's where the fight makes the most sense financially. This is not a U.S. fight, not enough money. Uh, here, yeah, but I, I agree with that. You know, I do, I do. You know what I mean? I do agree with that. I think that is, uh, I think that's perfect. You know what I mean? I think that's perfect. I think that would. Cause doesn't he have an Amazon deal as well? If I remember correctly. Anyway, um, I hope that fight happens, dude. That would be shit. That would be so awesome. But yeah, it's it's the Oscar deadline was kind of much to do about nothing in a sense because he did hold to the deadline, but hey, he did send a message enough to where now, you know, now he has the contract signed. So, like, I don't know if they had sent it. The reason why I said I don't know is because I heard Ryan Garcia on more than one interview say he's seen the contract. So it made it sound like his people were just going through it and they just hadn't, you know, so I don't know. Maybe they're going back and forth with the PBC. Whatever it is, um, the contract signed now. Now, obviously, um, the legal stuff, that's the next hurdle in this fight, to be honest with you. Um, because there was this tweet going around about, you know, um, 
Espinoza said that there are no contracts signed. The, 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 there's not going to be an official contract signed until after the tank court date. And uh, someone, Jay, I think it was Jay Keldrone Boxing tweeted that, amongst other ones too. And someone followed up saying Espinoza, you know, um, talking about no signing contract till after Tank court date. A lot of blind faith he's asking Oscar to put in the process. We know Tank's we know Tank going to prison. We just don't know if Judge will allow him to fight first. Uh, they should have been more upfront with the fans. He said I never said that ever. So these are quotes that are like they use his his Twitter page a little bit and they put this weird quote in it. It's not actually not a it's not an actual tweet. So it's 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 kind of weird, but it, he said he didn't say it. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm not really sure. Um, <laughs> okay, wow. And some of these messages, I'm just going through them. Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, that Francis. Uh, Nganu, is that is that his name? The dude from the U, or was from the UFC MMA guy. Sounds like he's going to be uh, entertaining boxing promoters and MMA organization offers because he's now out of his UFC deal. Um, so I don't know. Uh, Fernando Vargas is quoted saying, "Bato pulled a heart muscle." <laughs> Talk about Hector. Oh, jeez, Bato pulled a heart muscle. <laughs> oh, Vargas, that, that was that was classic. That was classic. Um, oh, yeah, this is the part where... So Espinosa was saying, I'm not saying that contracts are never signed until the week of the fight, but did he use Davis and Hector, use some other examples? You know, he used to... He was the lawyer of Golden Boy and, and for Oscar there for a second, or for a while. So he said that happened as well. But this is the tweet someone sent me from Coppinger. Huge difference between waiting until week of the fight to sign contracts for an in-house promotion versus a mega fight with co-promotional rivals. It's like, that's true, but, you know, this is Fred saying about that tweet. Cop apparently forgetting that Espinosa had handled several co-promotions with rivals. Uh, But, yeah, that's the thing. Do a little research on the the Mayweather Pacquiao. You said big fights. Well, that's a big fight. I'd say that's a big fight. So, um, you know, they didn't they didn't sign till pretty late. So, it is what it is. The, the contract signed. That's that's what's important. Um, Texas Run Boxing says Chris Primetime Colbert and Jose El Rayo Villanueva will be on the Plant versus Benavides undercard. Hmm, interesting. Very interesting. Oh, God. Oh, yesterday, Boxing Legends was born yesterday, so that would have been the 17th. Muhammad Ali, Usyk, Customato, Barrero, Sammy Angot. Is it Angot? Uh, and Wolf, Buddy McGirt. Gee, crazy. That was Boxing Raw. Huh. Damn. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a whole lot. Yeah, but here it is. There's a, a ESPN article. Mayweather, Mayweather, yeah, Mayweather Pacquiao still not signed. This is April 21st. The fight was in early May, so um, it is what it is. Um, 
So Joe Habib said the fight was never happening anyway. What's the difference, or what difference does a deadline make? That's what he tweeted over Oscar. See, there was just there was so much kind of back and forth. Jermaine Ortiz fought Berlanga, Antoine, Tio, and the amateurs in Richardson. Yeah, they Oh, and this is um, this is E.J. Smith talking about. I get Oscar's frustrations, but this is how the PBC brand operates. Most fighters sign their shit at the weigh-in. It's normal, but a fight of this magnitude, uh, Gold Boy should have had the contract already, especially if they agreed to all the points. Yeah, and, and ultimately they did. Um, this is, uh, Sean McGee, Eubank Jr.'s interesting tussle. Eubank has the size, physicality, and speed and chin to hurt Smith and push him around. If he goes to war, despite raging Smith, despite raging Smith, uh, rating Smith highly, I can only see one winner, Eubank. I figure at some point Smith will make him engage, and I see Eubank winning. Yeah, so do I. When I, uh, this is more, uh. Ishe, when I fought, they would call, this is the amount, this is the opponent, this is the network, you're the co-main, I would agree over the phone, I wouldn't officially sign, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. This is Stephen, or Stephen Shaw. The fight with Big Baby Anderson is inedible. Jesus Christ. Inedible. Dude, what the, I don't know who this is texting me, but uh, (laughs) this is Patrick Connor. Um, Oscar threatening to axe uh, Tank and Garcia before even happens. These cats are still out here fantasizing about how awful Heyman is. You hate to see that kind of public self-embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, I was I was getting a little worried, I, I will admit, when he did that, because I was like, oh, tell me this isn't a Charlo Munguia scenario. Um, according to Chava ESPN, Figueroa, Brandon Figueroa, Mark McSayo, uh March 14th, March 4th. So it seems like without Showtime announcing their whole schedule, it does seem like they're going to have a lot more cards this year for the PBC because they've already scheduled. I mean, if you look at the first two months, right, and we're not on February yet, but we had two fights scheduled in a showbox, right? So showbox coming up this Friday. But the, the Charlo Zoo fight was supposed to be at the end of January. And obviously it got postponed. But that's two events because of, uh, you know, Tank and Garcia. I'm talking Hector, the one that just happened. And then they have one February 4th, right? And then there's supposed to be one February 25th, I believe it is, here at the Armory. And now we're here on March 4th, but we're also here in potentially March 18th. Um, for Benavides and uh, Plant. So we're starting to hear rumors of undercard fights. So, yeah, I think uh, I think they're going to definitely do more cards. You know, like I said, PBC, their contract with Fox is up. Do they still owe them some obligations from that contract? We know COVID messed it up a little bit, but that might be the case. Uh, that's why I'm thinking maybe Spence and Thurman's going to be in April, but just with Fox. I have no clue. We won't know until they announce it, but it does. I mean, I've heard Espinoza say more than once that he that they're going to be busier this year. Now, I'm not saying what's going to happen in the fall. Sometimes Showtime does 
slow down during football, but um, we'll see. Uh, we did. This is uh, J Bro. April eighth, we'll uh, have a one hundred eight unification fight. So that that's going to be a good fight. Kinshura to to Raha and uh, Jonathan Gonzalez. Uh, he says it's going to uh, take place in Japan. So that's good. Imagine if Rivas, Oscar Rivas didn't get injured, we would have seen a war right now with the Jogban Rivas. That's true. <laughs> that is that that's true. It would have been a better fight. It would have been a better fight. Um Yeah, I didn't realize it either. That 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 event with KSI was actually not only a pay-per-view, but it was actually a $40 pay-per-view now. I thought they started at 10, and then I think the last one was 20. But I'm pretty sure it said it was a forty. I went to the zone really quick just to look at it, and it was like, "Whoa, damn!" <laughs> you know. Um, now Jermaine Franklin of late has emerged as now the leading candidate for Anthony Joshua. April first at the O2 Arena. This is uh, Chris McKinnon from the Daily Star. We mentioned one last week. We'll see. You know, this is a uh, deuce. Brandon Lee, 23-year-old uh, welterweight prospect, junior welterweight prospect, is now who has featured often, blah, 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 blah. So he is now being advised by Al Heyman. His father, Bobby, remains manager and trainer. Lee was promoted by Cameron Duncan until the his contract ended last year. Okay, so Brandon Lee, 23 years old, needs a step-up fight. He's now straight with Heyman. Okay. Um, and then... For, oh, dude. Here, I'm going to send the picture. This is Oscar De La, De La Hoya with Garcia saying, we've received the contract. We finally received it. Time to put the finishing touches. And I assume that means signing it. So, there you go. Uh, this is Jana Beck. I hope my next opponent will be famous. Are there any stars who are not afraid to fight? Oh, boy. Um, this is a lot of people's guy here, Rick Glazer. Clearly, Dana White was wrong for striking his wife, and Dana, what did, and what Dana did was horrible. But, of course, there's a but. You knew it was coming. Considering the circumstance, both were completely drunk. We don't know both of the, the levels of intoxication. And she slapped Dana first. I don't think he would have slapped his wife if she hadn't acted in that regard first. Well, what did we could also ask, what did he say to her to get her to slap, you know? Uh, but to sit here and be like, oh, man, you know, it's no big deal. You can't just slap someone. It's not like she's going around slapping random people. ESPN treats boxing like a side chick. <laughs> no, nah, they're like a main chick. Side chicks get treated better. And that that pertains to um, the fight the fight card starting later because college basketball went over, which it's just so silly to hear about. Boxing fans, oh ESPN, dude, they do that for other college basketball games. Sometimes other highly higher rated. If the game that's on right then and there is going late. They don't just cut it. They don't just abruptly cut it and go to the next game or the next fight. Right? They don't do that. So, of course, this is going to happen. It doesn't mean ESPN hates boxing. 
but the people have been saying this forever, dude. It's so funny. All these influencers wouldn't be getting into boxing if boxing were was on the oh was on the decline. It's actually the opposite. They see it as an opportunity. Um, these people sit in their boxing bubble, preaching to the choir, believe that uh, they say it's true, even when the data says opposite, delusional. That's Lefty and Ari. Yeah, I mean, there has been a lot of talk about, oh, you know, boxing has itself to blame. Boxing has itself to blame just in general for a lot of stuff. But I keep going back to this point, right, of, and then people will say, well, you got to be more like Jake Paul to these fighters and promote yourself. What people forget is these folks have been on YouTube and other platforms, but we'll just say YouTube. For years and years and years, I think it was like 10 years worth of posting or something like that for Jake Paul. Like, And the things he and his brother and many people like this had to say and do on camera to get all these followers and to be that person that they just want to see what happens, even if it's a train wreck, let's just watch it. A lot of these boxing people would just destroy, destroy. I mean, they're already calling you know, an Instagram model instead of a, a boxer for Ryan Garcia anyway. And you could say, you know, it does feel like he's got one foot in the door, one foot out, you know, him taking breaks for mental health, whatever. Okay, I understand some of that, but, like, he just signed to fight a tough fight. My whole point is he's he got famous on Instagram. There's no doubt about it, Ryan Garcia. but And that's why he has a platform. But to act like these – Boxers are going to be like Jake Paul, like in the sense of building up, you know, 10 and 15 and 20 million bars on YouTube. You can sit there and rip these guys on YouTube all you want, right, as boxers and stuff. But they put in a lot of time doing these videos. No matter what you think of the content of the video and why something went viral. And we know uh, Logan Paul was walking, remember, I think it was in Japan. Was it that the suicide uh, forest or whatever where he showed someone that was, I think, I think they had just committed suicide, right? There was a big, big outrage. Like I said, the things that they did and said on these videos to get this famous, the boxing press would destroy boxers if they did this stuff. They just would. So it's like you can say that boxers, some boxers need to have you know, a professional team behind them to have, you know, to be on TikTok and YouTube and all that stuff. And that is 100% fair, especially some of them, no doubt about it. But to act like you got to catch up, you got to do what Jake Paul's doing. It's like, dude, you got to do that for 10 years, you know, and then, and sometimes it doesn't take that long. I'm just using him as an example, but to act like these people should, you know, that it's, that they're losing out, dude. It's like, dude, but you got to be a professional boxer, too. Notice how Jake doesn't post as much as he used to? If this was him 10 years ago, he wouldn't be as famous as he was now. So I just think, I don't know, I just find it hilarious. Um, and then when people are on Twitter or YouTube, then they're like, dude, get in the gym. Why don't you get in the gym, bro? Stop tweeting. But then you say they want him to promote more. So it's like, whichever it is, you know. Um this is someone in the business for quite some time. I love how people on Twitter think they are the czar of boxing. I've been 
in this business for 25 years and um, learn something new every day, basically shut up. <laughs> basically, yeah, it's so true, especially for the people that are full-time, you know, in the business. It's it's not an easy business uh, to – okay, someone just sent me this. Dude, this is Goodfella TV, Goodfella Sport, and then Ring IQ is right below. <laughs> and it says, word on the street, allegedly Caleb Plant pops hot, just a rumor. So the word on the street, but it's just a rumor. And then you can see the views and the tweets, and, and, and same with Ring IQ right below it when he said something about he, – he, he put something about, you know, VADA saying, well, basically if you do VADA testing, they're going to send it to you, the results. They're going to send it to your manager. They're going to send it to the promoter, yada, 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 right? But you can choose if you want to to tweet it out, to have them tweet out, hey, they passed the test, right? And that's really just for show. Because as we know, these VADA tests are great, but they're only two or three months at a time. It's not like they're getting tested year-round uh, Olympic style. Now, it's better than a lot of sports, right? Sure. But it's still not, I don't know. It just This is a perfect example of, of Twitter, but in this case, boxing Twitter, of just, I'm going to put something out there. Now, you could at least make an example. You know, you can say, for instance, that, well, it'd be this week should be the week that they uh, announce that fight if, in fact, it is going to be the 18th. I mean, it's January 18th now, right? So including, let's say, to the end of this week, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks. So, yeah, this would be the week to announce the fight. So you could say, I wonder why it hasn't been announced. I heard a rumor. I don't know if it's true. I'm just going to say it, but I'm not going to, I don't know. It's just, it just more, you know, more stuff like this. Ooh, it looks like this is Coppinger. I'm sure this is Coppinger. Edgar Berlanga and Top Rank have mutually agreed to part ways after months of talks that failed to resolve key issues. Top Rank and Team Bar, uh, Berlanga told ESPN both sides have signed the separation agreement, uh, and now Berlanga, 25, is now a free agent. He's going to, someone, truth over narrative, said he's going to be going to the zone. No way he's going to the PBC with those sharks in the water. Anyway, um, so there's a, there's a little bit of uh, breaking news. I mean, 168 is getting hotter now that, uh, some fights are quote unquote being talked about, hopefully getting made and all that stuff. So um I think that about does it. Um someone just texted me. I, I am hoping that Haney Loma is uh, you know, at MSG as well, but you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. I'm not going to uh hold my breath over it, you know what I mean? But uh you know, if, if that's how the fight happens You'd assume they wouldn't do it on pay-per-view if it was in, in the Middle East. I think it would be on ESPN, hopefully, like it was in Australia, when he fought in Australia both times. Or ESPN Plus, you know, whatever. That would be fine, too. But, um, you know, if they're going to the Middle East because the money's there, then hopefully that satisfies everybody and it won't have to be a pay-per-view. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Life gets in the way. i got to do my thing. Hopefully everybody has a good week and enjoy the fights. We'll be back next uh, next Tuesday or something.
once you become the world champion, I believe that you feel you have the upper hand. So now, when, as you fight, let's say you fight four or five years of straight survival, or the bullshit, or the whole bag, and when you become a world champion, you're like, you know what, that made it. That was so you. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.